Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. Beautiful Places with Neil Humphreys on Weekend Mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen on Money FM 89.3. We're going to get into our Beautiful Places segment, Neil. Kampong Silat. Yes. Am I saying that right? Silat, right? Not uh, Silat. Silat, yeah. Like yeah. the Silat. sport. Yeah. Silat, yeah. And why is this a beautiful place to you? What, is it, what does it mean? It's a beautiful place because of its rarity and its heritage. The reason I picked uh, Kampong Silat this week is because I was telling a story, which I'll get to, about Kampong Silat to some students. I did a couple of talks this week, and they didn't believe me. So it's reached the point where I tell stories about certain places in Singapore, they think I'm making them up. So I'm on a mission now. So this is why I'm very passionate about our beautiful places, because yeah. there's not many of them when we're talking about heritage left. So Kampong Silat, do you know it's the second oldest surviving public housing estate in Singapore? Hmm. Everybody knows Tiong Bahru. Yeah, right. It's been gentrified and it's got those great art deco buildings sure, and sure. lots of expensive lattes and cupcakes down there. You know, the gentrif- gentrification process is doing very nicely in Tiong Bahru. Yeah. But literally just across the road, you've got Kampong Silat, which was built between 1949 and 1952 wow. by the British Early. long before you know Singapore's independence by what was then the Singapore Improvement Trust, SIT, uh, the predecessor to HDB. So again, second oldest surviving housing estate in Singapore, pre-war, you know, mm. built, built uh, sorry, post-war, built just after the Second World War. And what I love about Kampong Silat is that it was, the clue is in the title, Kampong means village, and uh, Silat was probably because of the martial arts Silat, and there was a Silat community centre nearby. Okay. So that was probably the reason for its name. But they designed it to be like an actual village. And I find this fascinating. It was influenced by a very famous English town planner of the day, a guy called Patrick Abercrombie. What a great name. That is a great name. And he believed, listen to this, Glenn, he stressed that open spaces, green spaces and playgrounds should surround this public housing estate in Singapore. Now, what a lovely idea that is. You sometimes Mm. think they had a better idea (laughs) then than now because I've been to that estate and it is a very green estate. So you have these blocks, only five blocks survive and there is a green playing area between all of them. So back in the day, kids would be able to literally just run around. Imagine that. The idea of just running in green, (laughs) not just in very organised utilitarian playgrounds, but actually open green spaces. And you can imagine people saying, but what did they do? What did, what, what did they do? Nothing was organised for them. Nothing was planned for them. Well, can you imagine this? They just used their imagination. Wow. They just had green spaces and they just <laughs> ran and played. And that's what the kids did. So, as I say, 1949, 1952, the housing estate is finished. Four stories, Art Deco, just like Tiong Bahru, with these wonderful wooden window panes, large, very mm. large balconies that would cost you millions of dollars now. <laughs> very elegant red tiled uh, roof with these very old-fashioned chimneys like structures. It doesn't look like anywhere else. There was originally 31 uh, buildings, but then in 2007, it was uh, part of the on-block redevelopment scheme because it's a very wealthy area, that course, side, yeah. you know, uh, that uh, Kampong. It's not a million miles away from downtown, Tiong Bahru, and so on. So by 2012, most of the flats were gone, but they kept five. To give the URA some credit, they gazetted five blocks. So those five blocks are still there. They can't be touched. 
So 2015, when I was writing my book about Singapore's heritage, I went to have a look and um, they are still there and you can just walk around them. Um, you can't go in them. Actually, you can go in one or two units mm. and I'll get to that. It's a very, very spooky place hmm. in a good way. But people are living in them, right? No, no, no. It's empty. Oh, they're empty. It's empty, oh, yes. Okay. Um, they were completely empty by 2012. The other blocks have gone. They've so they're gazetted. They can't be torn down, but no. nothing's happening with them. Yeah, exactly. So there's five huh. blocks. They've been gazetted. I've looked everywhere. I can't find what they've been earmarked for. Yeah. If anybody listening from URA or the Singapore Heritage Board Knows, yeah. or just, you know, heritage enthusiasts or architecture enthusiasts know, do get in touch because I, when I wrote the book, I couldn't find out an answer and I still can't find out an answer. So you have this fascinating situation and I can't recommend this enough to listeners. Five blocks that were built just after the Second World War that are sitting there empty. And the last hmm. time I went there, they're not fenced off, but some of the windows have been boarded up somehow. And I happened to go there, Glenn, in the middle of a storm during a monsoon season. <laughs> so if you've ever been to an empty housing estate, it's eerie in itself, right? Enough, yes. It has this walking dead feel, right? You <laughs> half expect zombies to appear. The windows are rattling because of the storm. Yeesh. And this is, the kids didn't believe me. Well, they thought I was making it up because it does look like a movie set. You can hear the wind whistling because a lot of these windows are open. The glass has been removed, yeah. but the wooden panels are still there. So the, the, the window frames literally rattle. So you hear this <laughs> rattling through the storm. You hear the shutters going. They've got some old Chinese placards still there written in Mandarin. So it has this real post-apocalyptic feel. Plus, it's Art Deco anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't look like anywhere else in Singapore. <laughs> They're just there. Plus, you've got our green fields and that, so you can literally walk amongst the foliage. Wow. It's overgrown. It's a bit dense in places. You've got that tall lalang grass, the mm. elephant grass. Mm. It's wonderful. And this is the bit that students think I made up, but I didn't, and it's in my book. So I'm there. Windows are rattling. Doors are rattling. Empty kampong. Very post-apocalyptic zombie movie set. And, there's a, and I'm standing Standing out of the rain in the corridor outside someone's empty apartment, remember? Right. And I'm in this concrete uh, thoroughfare. You know, when you like these old housing estates, they have the long, straight concrete, right, paths, mm. unit to unit to unit. So I'm standing outside one of these units, and I look down, and I don't know why I look down, but about a meter from me is the square-shaped uh, uh, floor trap, the, 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 the drain, the oh. drain. But it had no cover on it, right? right? You okay. know you have those drains that are about that yep. size, yep. square-shaped, and it had no cover on it. And I don't know why I looked down. There was no reason to look down. But as I say, about a meter away from my left foot was an open drain cover. <laughs> and you couldn't make this up on this zombie movie, haunted, spooky, kampong <laughs> set. A black spitting cobra poked its head out of the oh, drain. Oh, get out. I have video footage of this. <laughs> I have shown it to students. So this black spitting cobra in this stormy, empty, spooky couple is now looking at me. And I know enough about wildlife to know I don't want to antagonize it. I don't want to scare it because it's well within spitting distance. So if it spits me... Spits at me. I'm not going to die, but I'm going to have a very unpleasant day. <laughs> you think <laughs> if, it, yeah. if it does bite me, hey. it can be fatal. So I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I, I did this weird thing, Glenn, where I, I I turned my back on it, and 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 I did this half terrible Michael Jackson moonwalk, <laughs> right. Away from it, but I was also making this terrified involuntary sound, too. Actually, and I'm not going to be all scatological, but it's true when you're nervous, other parts of your body start making no noises. So I'm kind of doing this half backwards moonwalk, making this weird, ah, very helium like Michael Jackson sound. 
and doing the occasional, let's be honest, as I'm walking because I'm nervous and my bowels are letting me know that I'm nervous. So every backward step, I'm doing this. So picture a white Michael Jackson doing a bad Billie Jean moonwalk whilst going every other step. And I can still see this cobra looking at me in disbelief. Like, who is this guy? Like, I'm not even going to waste my time spitting at him or biting him. He's literally not worth the venom. (laughs) (laughs) So I I, I did this thing. So and I move away and then I think I'm a a, a safe-ish distance, a a non-spittable distance away. And then I turned, man alive, you talk about Joseph Schooling and Usain Bolt. I took (laughs) off like a speedboat, still making noises all the way to the bus stop. And uh, yes, and then there was some severe bowel movements when I reached the bus stop. So do go to Kampong Sealand. You never know because it's overrun with wildlife. You won't be lucky enough to, or unlucky enough to see a cobra, but there is all sorts of wildlife there. It's well worth a look. Oh, you're killing me today. Okay, Neil Humphreys, favorite uh, place, beautiful place, Kampong Silat. Make sure you get over there. It's uh, gazetted, so it'll stick around gazetted, for a while. But we do blocks. need to find out what's going to happen to anybody listening, in all seriousness, if anybody listening does know what's going to happen to Kampong Silat, let us know. Come on the show, whatever. It's a fascinating place, and I'm glad it's been preserved. All right, right here. Breakfast, a uh, little breakfast bit of breakfast talk here on weekend mornings. <laughs> if that doesn't make you hungry, I don't know what does. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm 89